Welcome to The Launch, the podcast sponsored by Tandem Launch, where we talk about tech, startups, entrepreneurship, and everything in between. We give you the inside scoop on building a startup, capital fundraising, the entrepreneurial journey, with both funny and impactful stories. This podcast is for budding entrepreneurs, ecosystem players, industry folks, venture capitalists looking for deals, students considering a career in the startup world, or anyone with a curiosity in Deepak. If you have a research background in tech and always wanted to build your own startup, then check out our website, www.tenemlaunch.com, or hit us up on LinkedIn. Let's build the future together. And now, on the show. Welcome, everyone, to The Launch, the Tandem Launch podcast. In today's episode, we'll be chatting with Queer Tech. But before uh, we introduce the team, I would like to welcome my co-host for this episode, our beloved tech ecosystem virtuoso, president of Montreal New Tech, and my friend, Elias Benjaloon. Thank you for joining me, Elias. Hello, Bobby. How are you doing? Yeah, absolutely. I'm delighted to be here with you and especially uh, having uh, the wonderful team behind QueerTech, the the (laughs) co-founders of QueerTech, to enlighten us on the empowerment of uh, a much-needed community uh, in the tech ecosystem. So our guests today are superstars in their own right, the co-founders of QueerTech, Naufel Testani and Andy Saldana. They are doing magnificent and all jokes aside, mission critical work in the LGBTQ2S plus community. So now, Ophel, why don't you tell us a bit about Queer Tech and uh, what was the impetus to starting this organization? Hi, well, thank you for having us on the podcast. Very excited to share our story today with with everyone. I've been in tech for about 10 years. Um, I've actually started my career in tech at Tandem Launch. And, you know, so I've been part of this ecosystem for for, for a little bit over 10 years. Uh, And and in 2015, 2016, I was really looking to get involved more in the community. Uh, I've been in nonprofits all my life. I've always, you know, believed in community. And so I I was, I joined Montreal New Tech. Uh, Elias was, was the, the 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 person kind of pulled me in and 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 we worked together uh, on different um, events for Montreal New Tech and and as I was part of the organization, um, you know, we've done a lot of events and I would come to the community and 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 you know I would always ask like, uh, are there any LGBTQ people in the room? And very rarely I see a hand that get you know, arise. And so, you know, it was like this idea of like thinking, what's going on. And in 2016, it was um, International Startup Fest, and um, Elias was talking to me about this wonderful human being that's coming from New York and that uh, also run a similar organization to Montreal New Tech called New York Tech Alliance, and his name is Andy, and I should talk to him about this queer tech that he's doing, because uh, we clearly didn't have anything or we don't have anything like that in Montreal uh, and in Canada, and so it would be interesting to talk. So... I uh, was very excited. And so Andy and I met at the International Startup Fest. And, and I love Andy to tell the story because he tell it really well. Uh, but, but, you know, we met up at the event. Andy, do you want to tell the story? Yeah, absolutely. Again, thank you for having us, uh, <laughs> Andy. Um, I live in New York City. And so I was visiting Montreal uh, for Startup Fest. Uh, I think it was 2016. 
it was my first time to Montreal and I was I absolutely fell in love with the city. First of all, July in Montreal is so much fun. <laughs> and I was going to this uh, outdoor conference, startup conference. And first of all, it was outdoors, also really awesome. And I knew a few people, but was just kind of on my own. And I ran into Elias and uh, as soon as I ran into Elias, uh, he, <laughs> he introduced me to Nafel and Nafel was like, oh my gosh, I hear you're queer. You're going to be, we're going to be best friends. <laughs> and from that is uh, kind of how New York uh, Queer Tech kind of started. Uh, he, from that conference, we uh, hung out during the whole conference and then after the conference and he showed me around Montreal and told me all about the ecosystem and told me about his desire to really get something started in Montreal. And at the time I was running a meetup group called uh, Queer Tech in New York City. And um, we were doing monthly quarterly events and uh, just really getting things off the ground. So I gave him a toolkit to really get that started in uh, Montreal. And, and, and just to kind of add in, I, I think I was in a, this really privileged and perfect situation where I've been working with Montreal New Tech and with Ilias and and I get introduced to the community and really get into you know the tech ecosystem and then um, I have Andy that comes in and then he has this recipe right and so it was really perfect situation where I was able to take this recipe and work really closely with Ilias and the Mont and Montreal New Tech team and really kind of launch this initiative that you know, back then we didn't even know where it would go, but it was like, um, you know, it, like we said, Andy was like, just create a meetup group. And I was like, people are not gonna come. And so we created this, I remember September 15, 2016, I create this meetup group and I, I'm like, okay, great, it's there. I forgot about it. Two weeks <laughs> later, Andy, a Andy was like, oh, how is the meetup group growing? And I was like, oh yeah, let me check. And so I completely freak out. I'm like, Andy, there's hundred people on this meetup. What am I supposed to do now? <laughs> and so, and so, really, that's where it all started. It was like, oh, well, clearly there is a need. And and so, uh, you know, I started to think, and and then with Elias, we like, you know, help you like, okay, let's get a venue and do an event. And so I uh, did the first meetup event was around um, October 20th, I think. Uh, and, and it was at Shopify, you know, and again, someone else from the community was like, oh yeah, we have a space available. And so that was the first queer tech event. And, and, and it was really just doing a town hall where we uh, uh, invited a bunch, you know, everyone from that community and 60 people showed up. Uh, you can just imagine how much I was freaking out. I was like, I have no idea what to do with these people, but, um, the second thing was on that recipe book, Andy, was like, well, do a town hall and just have a conversation about what do people want from, from a community group like Queer Tech. And so that was the, the beginning of, of the story. Well, lucky, lucky to see the genesis uh, unfolding again. Uh, in <laughs> it, it's true, like now Queer Tech is growing and has grown, and I'm sure like it's still just the beginning and the impact that you have had and you, you keep having... Uh, is, is incredible and reminding us of uh, that was just like a few years ago. And Andy, by the way, like I think the first time I met you, and it's funny when uh, when Bobby taught me about the podcast and to 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 join her at co-hosting, I didn't know Quirtech would be the first guest. So <laughs> that's funny, <laughs> timing, but interesting. But yeah, Andy, I think I had met you like the first time back in like 2014, and even then, you you've been at this for a few years now. Uh, can you tell us maybe a bit more? 
uh, taking that time machine. And uh, what programs or service did you start with? And how did you grow from there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you're right, Elias. I think we met in 2014. Um, and you were in New York uh, visiting and asked to uh, connect with us at Tech Meetup at the time. We connected and it was really great to make that connection. And, and I, it's so so strange to, to think back now how that initial connection led to uh, helping cre getting queer tech incorporated in Canada and um, working with Nafel, right? Like I had no idea who Nafel was at that point. And it's just really amazing to see the power of connections and relationships that you build and how they evolve over time. So uh, again, first, thank you, Ilias, for the introductions um, and all of the connections that you've, you've created in my life. And going back, you know, from the very, very beginning, I started uh, Queer Tech in New York City as a meetup group. Um, it was actually, I took over for another organizer, organizer that had a meetup group called Gay Tech NYC. And um, it was really focused on uh, getting gay men together. And it was kind of a social situation. And when I took over, it had been kind of dormant for a couple of years. And when I took over, the first thing I did was change the name. I was like, I want it to be as inclusive as possible. And I don't want it to just be focused on gay men. So we changed the name and I got a couple of my friends together and meetup groups were definitely the first product. And so um, we plan to organize a monthly event um, when it's all volunteer based. Uh, I'm sure you understand what the constraints are around running a volunteer based organization or any kind of volunteer based situation. So we quickly went to a quarterly cadence <laughs> in New York City. Um, but it was really uh, great to see, you know, the way that the group changed and evolved over time. And so by the time I met now, Fell, I had already done a series of different types of events, technical events, events that were focused on, on entrepreneurship within the queer community, um, uh, programs that were, were about recruiting and uh, finding jobs. And that's, that's one of the, those are the three biggest things that uh, I was finding people were coming to us for. Um, they wanted to either connect and network, they were looking for a job, or they were uh, curious about how to start a business. And from those very first events that um, I, I planned for Queer Tech in uh, NYC, that's the toolkit that I gave to Nafel, and that's kind of how it evolved and, uh, and got started in Montreal. And we see that continuing to evolve uh, in the offerings that we provide through the organization now. And, and it's amazing to actually, like both of you now, I, I think in, in Montreal, I believe, but like building this bridge also between the New York and, uh, well, the, the US, let's say, and the Canadian one, uh, because you, you have this kind of like ambition to, uh, to, to bring those communities across borders. Um, so now, Fel, can, can, speaking of tech community, can you tell us maybe a bit, what's your assessment today of the tech landscape uh, the queer community or the LGBTQ2S plus community? This is a really good question. It's, it's a very, very big one. Um, but I, I can tell you the assessment is that um, uh, it's very poor, right? And, 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 and when I look at the tech landscape of the LGBTQ, the reason I say poor, it's because objectively speaking, there is no data available. So really no one from 
an objective point of view or from a data perspective can can tell you how well or bad are we doing. Um, it's it, There is no data available. I think there is a bigger issue where we don't see a lot of LGBTQ data available. And I understand the complexity, right? You're surveying a population around their sexual orientation, sexual behavior. It's really hard to um, get the numbers, but also, you know, um, it's it's a new thing that we're that that we're doing in terms of looking at data. So um, Queer Tech this year in 2021 is really taking on an initiative where we're going to be doing the research projects on actually creating or doing an assessment of uh, the LGBTQ tech landscape. And so, really, when I get a sense of who are um, the LGBTQ2S or the queer people in tech today, what positions they have, how do they get in tech? And so, um, we, you know, hopefully a year from now, you, you all get that report and, and we'll be able to answer this question, uh, maybe not perfectly, but really get a sense to, to where we're at. This is going to be done on the Canada-wide uh, um, level. So really going to get a sense to a different ecosystems. The second part, you know, subjective, which is my opinion, is that uh, I, I think tech is might be doing a little bit better than so many other industries, but it's still really poor um, in, in terms of that diversity in general. And 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 the reason I think um, we still struggle as an LGBTQ community in in the industry is because um, there is so much education that needs to happen. Uh, when I look at um, you know job descriptions, there is so much work to be done in creating inclusive language, right? So many startups still use so much language that's really attract men, attract macho men. And so you're really losing on that, uh, you're really losing on that diversity. Uh, the second part is, is even going on interviews. I think uh, uh, our queer community or the LGBTQ2S plus community really ask a lot of questions that maybe other communities and our allies don't ask. You know, pe people are really asking, "What is the diversity you have, and uh, wh what is it? How are you progressing, women and, and other communities in the group? What is, you know, your um, inclusive uh, practice?" And and I think a lot of companies are not ready to answer these questions, but also interview in in that interview process. I think a lot of startups lose diversity because. They, they are not educated on, on, on running that. And then once you get into the company, uh, I think there is another issue with uh, creating uh, inclusive space, right? People come in and they end up leaving because they don't feel welcome because they feel in a macho culture. So that's kind of uh, my thoughts. Yeah, I, I, I would also like to include in that, in that, in that piece, you know, the landscape is, is really a complicated peace and diversity, um, access, inclusion, all of those things, the DEI um, concept is really gaining momentum right now. But when you look at the LGBTQ2S plus community, it's made up of a, a many different communities, sub-communities within that larger acronym, um, which is why one of the reasons that we named it Queer Tech, you know, to be as inclusive as possible. But, you know, if when you dissect the LGBTQ2S populations, some of those populations are do, are do have less access to the ecosystem than other parts of that acronym. And so when you're looking at how the community as a whole is doing, you have to look at, at every part of that acronym as well. Well, that's really interesting that you said about asking different questions in, in interviews, because, you know, when in tech, I think tech companies and tech startups 
are, are very product focused. It's like they, mm-hmm. they're just really centric about here's my tech and here's my product. Whereas, um, you know, the LGBTQ2S community is concerned about culture um, because number yeah. one, am I going to be safe and welcome there? Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm just wondering, mm-hmm. um, maybe you could tell our audience what type of specific activities that queer tech does that can help nonprofits and corporations in tech to have more inclusive or diverse cultures. We, um, we think about that in, in almost everything that we do and, and all of our events, we, we try to make them as open and as inclusive as possible. Uh, we are also continuing to learn as we um, produce events and produce uh, programs. But our main goal is to create an, as, as an inclusive environment and accepting environment as possible. And so the way that we do that with uh, our, our corporate and our um, nonprofit partners is to leverage learnings that have been created by the community and, and communicate them to those corporations. And so we do that through trainings um, and through uh, coffee talks, inspirational coffee talks, where we uh, showcase um, different employees that uh, of companies that have uh, successfully navigated the tech ecosystem in a way uh, to get a job or to land a job, to upskill themselves into uh, getting um, that job and then becoming leaders within the community as well. Um, in addition to uh, those two groups, we also highlight uh, entrepreneurs that have been successful, um, queer entrepreneurs that have been successful in the ecosystem in creating a business. And I think all of those work to, to showcase uh, a representation to a community. And I, I am a strong believer that uh, if you can see yourself, it, it's going to be even that that much easier for you to succeed. Um, and so that that's that's one way. The second way is through a number of our other programs. Uh, we have a program called Pride Hacks, which is um, our flagship program every year. And it really brings together uh, very different groups of people. It brings together nonprofits, LGBTQ um, nonprofits that serve uh, the queer community. Um, together with companies and corporate partners uh, and volunteers from the community, from the tech community, uh, assess different needs that the LGBTQ partners have and create projects that the volunteers then can then solve um, in a hackathon type setting. And it's been really interesting to see how that um, dissemination of information, that bringing together of different parts of, of the ecosystem and the community together to focus on specific problems has, has increased the exposure to the different communities, increased awareness around different problems that impact the community, as well as uh, provide uh, guidance and inspiration and new relationships that didn't exist before. And, and we, we feel like that's really at the core of, of what we're trying to do is bring people together, um, educate them in, in ways to be inclusive uh, and continuing to help the community uh, create those connection points as much as possible. Absolutely. And, and if I may add to this, uh, because I had the privilege and chance to, uh, to get to work a bit uh, with, with you on, on some of your programming, it, it, it has tangible results. Um, you know, like we're all wearing couple hats. And I know Naufal is also at, uh, at a startup, actually. Uh, uh, doing some amazing work at a startup. I don't know if we can name it or not, but uh, I'll, I'll I'll go with naming it. And Bobby, you can cut me if I'm wrong. No, here. no, it's fine. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of you're, course. You're working at Locologic as well, and uh, creating that culture as well as uh, 
really uh, embodying those values allowed you to both grow and attract some amazing talent. And I think like one is feeding the other and both at growing local logic as well as growing uh, query tech and learning from there to also apply it for other, as, as, as Bobby just mentioned, like corporation, uh, other nonprofits, as uh, Andy just mentioned with Pride Hacks, et cetera, et cetera. So with all this growth and tangible impact, and I will make, there are many examples that can be given, where do you see QueerTech in the next, I say, like five years? Well, how do you plan on getting there? So, so here, just let me give you a quick snapshot where we're at. We've been around for really four years, more or less, we incorporated in August 1st, 2018 as a nonprofit. That was a big milestone, really moving from just being a meetup and starting thinking of us as an organization. Um, today, we have in Montreal alone, we have over 2,200 members on our meetup group on, you know, 2,800 people on our mailing list. Uh, we, we look at New York, we have about 2,200 people. And honestly, the pandemic last year and in, in March when it hit, we lost every corporate sponsor kind of put a pause on us. And and there was a moment of panic where I was like, well, this is gonna be the end of, of, of us. And 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 so we we really took the moment to of reflection, right? And and I think one of the things we learned is that we were able to start thinking about the long term for the organization. You know, we moved our work um, virtually because we had to adjust like everyone else. But also I think what really was important is that we gain all this time that maybe we didn't have in the past. And so Andy and I start really looking at the future. And I think in the next five years, like our goal is that we grow in every single city in Canada. We wanna see where more Montreal is at in all the top cities. So we launched virtually Toronto, we launched uh, Vancouver virtually. And so our next cities is Waterloo, Calgary, Halifax, Quebec City, Ottawa. And so really kind of starting creating these communities in these different cities and, and building a network of, um, of queer uh, tech people in, in these different areas. And so uh, I think our programs are going to grow. Uh, you know, we're looking at, you know, our career program and doing the job fairs to grow and start having mentorship program and all that. But really the goal here is that we're able to start reducing the economic and social divide that exists between the queer community and the non-queer community. And I think... Um, but by growing these communities and giving people the opportunities to either change their careers and get into tech and get jobs or launching businesses is going to start to get us closer to that vision. And I, I love what you're saying in a way that like the, this turnaround and this moment of pause, as well as the reality of going virtual allowed you to really stretch those resources that Square Tech has to be able to actually leverage the tool that we're advocating for to actually have more impact throughout Canada and, and with the support of, you know, like, yes, hopefully now corporations, but also like mm -hmm. governments and agencies that actually are behind this appetite to help and to bridge this gap uh, that is allowed mm -hmm. to, to grow as well. Speaking of gaps, obviously over the last couple of years and all the work that you both Andy and uh, Nofel you're doing here, uh, there are some common struggles uh, that are like, you, you've covered few of them and mm -hmm. And, you know, when we talk about, I would say, like minorities, if I may, uh, we tend to say, like, what, what would be an important piece of advice to give to that minority to lift? I, I would like maybe to take the, uh, a little spin 
mm-hmm. because I also I work at Desjardins, for example. Mm-hmm. I, I lead like mm-hmm. the innovation technology mm-hmm. uh, there, and I'm really lucky and privileged, etc. And I'm. What would you give as a piece of advice for? Uh, people who are working in those companies, for people who may want to become an ally but don't know where to start, and like they know in their guts that there are some struggles faced by the LGBTQ2S plus communities, but they don't know where to start. They don't know what to do, and they don't know maybe how to empower even or like how to act. And in my case, like it, it's a daily struggle in a way to know how how should I act, how how can I be or or become a better ally, how can I help. I can. I would like to start here. <laughs> My biggest piece of advice to anybody who wants to be an ally is to show up. Um, and what that means is that you know, uh, like I mentioned before, the DEI conversation is really taking hold in the technology sector um, in a big way. And there's you're seeing events pop up that are specific to to different types of groups, right? Like um, there's the queer tech events that are focused to help. Uh, the LGBTQ2S plus population. There's um, uh, uh, Blacks in tech, there's Latinx tech, there's um, women in tech. Uh, If you can think of a a minority population or a population at all, there's different events that support um, and different communities that support these. And as an ally, you need to actually um, educate yourself as much as possible by attending these different events. And when you attend, be aware that this is not a space for you, but it is a space for you to gain knowledge. And and so um, what I see a lot is that, you know, what I want to see more of is that when we do a queer tech event, that it's not just queer people who show up, right? Uh, And then for those people who do show up and are not queer, understand that this is a safe space for queer people to congregate and be and be accepting of the fact that they don't need to necessarily participate in every single part of it. They just need to be there to support and learn. And just to add to that, I, I think, you know, I, I don't know if I use the word struggle or maybe anger <laughs> t- towards 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 the community. Like uh, diversity and inclusion somehow became the problem of the minority problem of women, and it's the problem caused by white heterosexual men who basically have taken over the industry. And and so the majority somehow have put this problem on the minority to fix it. And like, like any problem is like, well, how can a minority make moves is the majority is not in to change that. And I think this is where Andy says it really well. The first thing we need you is to show up and, and, and come to this event and learn and stop asking us because it's, it's you know, while everyone is advocating and, and you want to educate everyone, um, it's also exhausting to know mm-hmm. that people ask you when they are in front of you. And I'm like, why didn't you put an effort to show up to an event? We talk about this all the time. And that's the space to have that conversation. And, and you can't expect me to always be there to answer your question. I am not Google. I am not an event. Like show up to these uh, places and learn. And I think once we start to all put the effort to do that, then we'll be able to move that dial. Also, I, I'd, I'd like you know to mention that you know we're the communities that we're creating. You know, a, a lot. One of the programs that we have is is called Careers, and it's all about getting more LGBTQ2S plus people hired within the tech industry. And it's our goal to connect them to companies that are, are really focusing on 
um, creating as inclusive and accepting of workforce as possible and doing the right things um, in creating that culture. But one of the things I do wanna mention to certain companies or certain other partners in the ecosystem is that they can't look at these groups as just a funnel for hiring an ROI, right? What really causes um, people to apply to your company, to stay at your company is the work that you're doing around that culture and inclusivity. And so it needs to be, you know, there, there's an investment of not just money, but time and effort mm -hmm. and relationship building that has to be there. And I think when you, when you just plug into a group like Queer Tech and expect 20 hires, uh, 20 queer hires and you're checking a box for diversity, that's, the, that's not really a benefit to anyone. It, it's really about cultivating those relationships, cultivating that pipeline of potential um, hires down the road, of, of making sure that you're also building into your company these uh, the tools, the toolkit to help you make sure that those hires stay for the long term, that you are getting the best value out of and the best experience for you and that hire in the long term. And so I, I think that that's uh, something that I caution um, partners about as well, is that, you know, they can't just look at it as a, a magic bullet for their diversity problem overall. Absolutely. And, and, and absolutely. And you're right. And like diversity is not inclusion. And like as much as you can hire people, mm -hmm. keeping them and in, in, in engaging and nurturing and making them grow and empower them, it's about empowering your own company. And, mm -hmm. and no, you cannot pay for time. You cannot buy time and you cannot, you, you have to put the time and effort. And if I may add to this, because you, you highlighted the, the, the fact that you have to show up. And I think what you, you and the whole team of Quartec has been able to do uh, amazingly is, is, is really creating inclusive space, uh, both for queer and non-queer uh, people. And that's amazing. Like I loved going to, to the event that you, you hosted and for me learning through that and bringing other people who become at the end of the day uh, more engaged and hopefully that, that can trickle but like it's on on the majority to actually show up and put the time and effort to be there absolutely yes that's fantastic that you brought that up because um I don't think people really realize that um you know if I'm not black and I'm not queer I can still go to um you know a black tech event I know that I started um a women's initiative at McGill and it was always the, the, the people who already knew about the cause and the issues. It's like you're preaching to the choir. It's like the people who really need to hear what we're talking about here are not here. And so I think that we all have to make um, a bigger effort on communicating that everyone needs to come to these events uh, for the learning purpose, um, definitely. So I'm just wondering if Annie and Nelfa, if you want to tell us about any upcoming programs, activities, events that you would like to share uh, with the entire tech community? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, a few things where one, we're very excited to, you know, be wrapping up the social entrepreneurship programs that are part of the Tandem Launch Technologies. We joined it back in September, it's been super helpful. So we've been really working um, on, on, on putting that uh, a lot of what we learned together. And so, um, you know, coming out of it, we're, we're doing a, 
a bunch of things this year. So um, the best way really to look at um, for what we're organizing is uh, queertech.org, but we have a um, national LGBTQ uh, job fair that we're hosting. Uh, we're doing two this year, one in April and one in October, Pride Hacks. Um, Hopefully Toronto will happen and it'll be in June. And then the uh, Pride Hacks in Montreal will be in August. Um, so these are, are, are some of the highlights. And then every other Thursday, we do QT Connect Coffee Talk, which is interviews with our communities to talk about their experience in tech and how they advance their career in tech. We also interview queer entrepreneurs to talk about their, um, their queer and entrepreneurship journey uh, in the tech industry. Fantastic. So how can people find out about the QT Cafe or yeah, how do people find out about that? Great. Um, in social media, Queer Tech um, HQ uh, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, we also our Facebook page has all the events on it. So you can check it out. You can come to our websites and also register on the mailing list and you'll get uh, the, the, uh, the plan for our schedule every month. So uh, different ways you can uh, just type Queer Tech and you'll find us all over the internet. Incredible. Join us on Meetup Group on our Meetup <laughs> oh. as well. Yeah, yeah. Meetup meet up well. Also. You're everywhere. You are everywhere. <laughs> so I would just like to also mention to the community that for any uh, companies or corporations that would like to align themselves with this amazing organization, um, either through um, taking advantage of their programs or sponsoring. There's all sorts of ways that you can get involved. You can hit up uh, Nalfa at Nalfa at queertech.ca and Andy yep. S at queertech.ca. So don't be shy about that. And then, um, yeah, so I think that's about it. So thank you um, everyone for joining us. You are social entrepreneurship pioneers and fabulous. Um, Elias, <laughs> always a pleasure. Thank you for co-hosting. That's it for this episode, everyone. So thanks to our audience for joining us. And let's build the future together with Tandem Launch. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for listening. We hope you had fun and gained valuable insights. Why don't you subscribe to the Launch Podcast today? You can share the podcast, tell a friend, and follow us on social media. If you have a research background in tech and always wanted to build your own startup, then check out our website, www.tanumlaunch.com and get in touch today.